Would you please turn in your Bible to 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We'll begin reading with verse 12 and read through verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. May we pray together. Our Father, thank you for the precious words of God that have been sung this morning, both by the congregation, the choir, and our soloists, reminding us that we shall see him one day. We'll know him face to face. We'll know him by the nail prints that he were placed there for us in our place. We pray that until then, our hearts will be in tune with Thee, that we'll love Thee and walk with God until You take us or until You come. In Jesus' precious name, amen. The temple had just been dedicated. There was a great moving of God among the people, excitement everywhere. Thousands of people attended the dedication. There was a 4,000 voice choir. There was a great instrumental ensemble. Some have estimated about 1,000 instruments, 1,000 people using instruments to praise God. They had sacrificed before the Lord. And then God says something private to Solomon. It would be good if this excitement were there all the time, Solomon. It would be wonderful if my people would walk with me all the time. So that there would always be this much keen interest in the things of God. It'd be marvelous if every day were revival. But I just want to say something, Solomon. And here's what he said, beginning in verse 12. The Lord appeared to Solomon the night and said unto him, I've heard your prayer. I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be, is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among the people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now this morning as we meet on this Lord's Day, we don't have to be too much concerned about God shutting up the heavens so it doesn't rain. We've had a lot of rain this year. Now last year and the years before, we did, were concerned about this. And matter of fact, we joined many others in praying for rain. But the lack of rain here mentioned is a reminder or a symbol or just a word to say, if there seems to be no rain from heaven, if there seems to be no power, if there seems to be little results, if the people of God are not as interested as once they were, if they've gotten their minds on other things, then here's what you're to do, Solomon. You're to always remember this and repeat it over and over again. And down through the years, men of God have lifted this scripture, almost the text alone out of context and have applied it to congregations, to families, to nations, and it stands as one of the greatest texts in all the Word of God. If my people, 
which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. There are three truths in this passage I'd like for us to notice. The if, if my people, if my people, we need to be God's people. And number two, there are some conditions. If my people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, four conditions. And then underscore that word then, T-H-E-N. That's the third point. Then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. If my people. Now this promise is only made to the people of God. It is not made to the world. Although many worldlings have picked up on it, there have been soldiers in foxholes without even knowing that that verse was in the Bible in the midst of a terrible conflict when the bullets were going and the bombs were coming and the shrapnel was there. They reached up and said, Lord, Lord, help me. And just because God is God and God is good, he heard and answered. Remember this about prayer. God does not put himself under obligation to answer the prayers of unbelievers. That's the reason a few years ago when Bailey Smith was preaching and he said something about uh, the question of whether God hears the Jews when they pray and the press took it up and made some big issue out of it. Well, they didn't understand the theology of what Bailey Smith was saying. What Bailey Smith said was that God does not obligate himself to answer the prayers of those who do not know Jesus. And that certainly is true. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. We need to come to the Lord in his name. And so the condition for this promise, a big if clause, if my people, which are called by my name. And we need to classify ourselves this morning. Are you part of the people of God? I didn't ask you if you're Baptist or if you're a Catholic or you're Church of Christ. I ask you, are you part of the people of God? To become part of the people of God, Jesus said you have to be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That word see means comprehend. He can't even understand it. That's the reason the media and the press had such a tough time with that. Well, they wouldn't understand that at all. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he can't comprehend or understand the new kingdom. And then he went on to say, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There are two different thoughts there. One is understanding it, and the other is entering it. It's probably possible to understand a little bit about it because we've heard preaching on it, we've heard teaching on it, or we've read articles on it. It's still another thing to enter the kingdom of God. And the only way that kingdom can be entered is through the new birth through dying to self, being aware that we're a sinner, that Christ was the Savior, that he was God tabernacling in human flesh, and he came to die on a cross for our sins. And we reach out and by faith we say, Lord, come into my heart, forgive me and cleanse me and save me. And when we do that, Jesus saves. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Spread the message all around. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And this is the reason Bible-believing churches have as one prime 
mandate and motivation in their hearts is to go out and herald the message around the world, around the country, around the county, around the city, around the community, and right in the building, Jesus saves. And that's the message to you today. If you have never been saved, Jesus wants to save you. And before you can be part of the people of God, you have to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And in Revelation chapter 20, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There are two groups of people to whom we speak this morning. One are saved and others are lost. The saved are the people of God, the lost. Your children of wrath. On your way to eternal separation from God. Now the rest of this message is directed to saved people. If my people. You imagine the joy of being part of the people of God. If you have your Bibles, open them to Isaiah chapter 43 a moment. I get blessed every time I read Isaiah. And especially some of these outstanding verses. I want you to look at Isaiah 41 first. Verse 10, chapter 41, verse 10. This is the promise of the people of God. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You ought to mark that in your Bible. That's a promise to the people of God. In chapter 43, verse 1, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. That's what it means to be part of the people of God. God watches over you. He takes care of you. Even when you're not thinking about Him, He's there. <laughs> oh, isn't it wonderful to be a Christian? Jim and Teresa sang that the other day. Isn't it wonderful to be a Christian? Isn't it wonderful? George Mills used to lead us in a song, If You're Saved and You Know It, Say Amen. And then he led this song, Isn't It Good to Be a Christian? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day Sunday. Isn't it great to be a Christian? Isn't it wonderful to be a people of God? Now, if my people, my people, that's God's people, born again ones, saved folks, if my people who are called by my name and then he gives some conditions for revival. The choir and Brother Ben sang a while ago, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. There's the first thing. Now, it is not easy to do this. Now, I want to tell you, you can be a Christian and be filled with pride. They're almost contradictory terms, but it's possible. One of the most beautiful and precious Christians I ever knew was Miss Dorothy Reamer. I think she was a Presbyterian, wasn't she? Christian. Christian church. But she was saved knew the Lord. These flowers are placed in her honor today. And that lady was a humble lady. Walked with Jesus. Used to come to our, our class, our Bible class years ago. Then she got incapacitated, couldn't come. But I never went to see her 
when I was not impressed with her deep spirit of humility. We've had some great Christians around here. I want to tell you, humility is not easy. In our natural state, we're just filled with self. We're filled with pride. And one of the conditions for revival is if my people will humble themselves. That means we come to the Lord and say, Lord, nothing in my hand I bring, simply thy cross I cling. We're not going to accomplish anything by our great music. We're not going to accomplish anything by our great influence. We're not going to accomplish anything by our great personality. But Lord, all we have, whether it's music or influence or personality, we place it before thee and we ask you to touch it. Rudy Atwood is a specialist at the piano. Somebody asked him, Mr. Atwood, how did you ever learn to play like that? Just quick as a flash, he said, I practiced eight hours a day for 40 years. And yet to know him is to see a very humble man. We were walking down a street one day and a lady was carrying a big bag of groceries and she dropped them. And Rudy Atwood left us and went out there and picked her groceries up and carried them to her car. That's just a symbol of humility. God didn't say if you pick somebody's groceries up and carry them to the car, that'll bring revival. That wasn't it. But if we have an attitude of humility, if our spirit is humble, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, and if they'll seek my face. You see, there's the face of God. So many times people just turn their backs and walk away from God. There are folks that do that all the time. I'm going to get messed up with this thing. Give me that thing so I can get rid of it. Excuse me, I'm going to stumble over all these wires and cords up here. Somebody have to come and rescue me. I hope they can get them out of the way here. All right. Now, my people, called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face. The face of God. We need to turn toward him and walk toward him. You've heard the song there, they're going down the valley one by one with their faces toward the setting of the sun. Of course that's true, we're aware of that keenly. We have about 200 of our people who've already gone beyond the sunset. We have some very precious people who are just right at the border of the sunset. But God wants every one of us to walk toward him. So that whenever that time comes, he can say, come on home with me. I heard some preacher say about Enoch. They were out walking one day, Enoch and the Lord. You know, the Bible says Enoch walked with God. And they were out walking one day, and, and as they walked along, the Lord said, Enoch, you're closer to my house than your house. Come on home with me. And Enoch just walked over the sunset into the presence of God without even death. Now, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face, walk toward me, find out what my will is. Lord, what do you want me to do about going to college? What do you want me to do about going to school? Lord, what will thou have me to do about all of these matters? What is your will for my life? What would you have me to do about drinking? Liquor, beer, gin, whiskey, wine. I remember your word says, the one that's deceived thereby is not wise. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Well, Lord, I'm going to find out what you want, and I'm going to do it. Lord, what do you want me to do about teaching a Sunday school class? About being in Sunday school? About being in church? What do you want me to do about marrying such and such a person? What is your will? Seek my face. 
Church, what does the Lord want us to do about giving His tithes and our offerings? If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face, and frankly, we cannot seek His face without humbling ourselves. It's impossible. And if you look at all of these things, they all go together. We divide them in segments to talk about them, but they're all, it's just all one thing. It's like two sides of one coin. You can't seek the face of God and still be filled with pride. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Another two-sided coin. You can't have one without the other. We can't seek the face of God without turning from our wicked ways, without a spirit of repentance that says, Lord, I'm guilty and I'm sorry. Forgive me. And we turn to Him. And pray. More things are wrought by prayer than this world could dream of. Depend on prayer. Just ask God for it. And then couch that prayer in the will of God that says, Lord, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm finding out from you what you want done. And then I'm going to ask you to use me to help you get it accomplished. That's a big, big, big part of prayer. Lord, bless this revival while I sit home and watch television. Lord, help Dr. J. Harold Smith because I got to go grocery Saturday night. Help him to preach. I won't be there, but help him to preach. Lord, it's raining and you know how wonderful the church is and how much I love what's going to happen over there. But it's raining and you know, Lord, bless those folks that can get there, but I can't get there because I don't want to get wet. You see, you can't pray like that. Prayers aren't effective like that unless you're physically incapacitated. And many are, many to whom I speak this morning by radio, couldn't, couldn't go to church. They'd give anything if they could go, but they couldn't get here. Now, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and, and, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and pray. Now, I didn't get those in order, but I'm putting prayer last because prayer sort of wipes, binds it all together. We don't pray effectively unless we do those other things. You can't come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm so good. Oh, I sing good and I do this good and I do that good. Now, Lord, help me. Well, you don't need any help. But if you humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm nothing. One time, one of the greatest characters in the Bible called himself a worm. In the song, At the Cross, there was a phrase of that song that says, that saved a wretch like me. That's an amazing grace. And then there was a, song, a phrase that said something about us being a worm. The newer, trans, the newer editions of the songbook changed that to a sinner. Well, that's all right. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But remember that we're nothing. And that's what humility is. My people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, and then, and then. How good. How wonderful. When you were a child, did your folks ever go away for maybe through their work or their grocerying or doing something, they had to go a business trip or something, and they said, now, if you get the house cleaned and you do all these things that I tell you to do, take the garbage out and, and uh, take care of the little kids and be good and, and so on, uh, daddy will have a surprise for you, mom will have a surprise for you when we come home. Anybody ever say that to you? And so the hours ticked by, 
Just suppose you ignore what mom or dad said. You don't do it. And then all of a sudden that evening comes and you see the flash of lights and you know dad and mother are coming home and the house is not cleaned and the dishes are not done, the garbage isn't taken out. You dread to see them, don't you? You're not excited about them coming home. You say, oh, I wish I had done it. And they come in and say, what do you got for me, mom? And they look around, nothing. But how different it is when you have done what needs to be done. And you hardly wait for them to get home. And you wonder what in the world they're gonna bring me. And they come home and they've got some things in sacks and they look around, everything's been done. And they call all the family together and they start dishing out those goodies. And that's what God's talking about. Same thing. Now remember we're talking to save people. You don't get to heaven by being good. You don't get to heaven by praying. You don't get to heaven by, by turning from wicked ways. You, none of those things. That's not a plan of salvation. That's a plan of service. I covered that in the first point. If my people. But my people. There are some conditions for God's blessings upon my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll hear what you're saying. I'll see your tears. I'll hear your prayers. I'll know what your heart cry is. And I'll do what you're asking. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you for this great passage of Scripture. We want to humble ourselves in thy presence this morning. In Jesus' name. I remain in prayer, please, a moment. I want to ask every man that's in this room today to kneel right where you are. Ladies, will you just humble yourself in God's presence? Every man and boy, would you kneel? And let's, let's I, you know, just because you kneel doesn't mean you're humbling yourself, but it's a posture of humility. And I want to ask you if you'd pray. Men, just pray. And pray, Lord. I humble myself in your sight. I ask you for our church and for a revival. I ask you for these souls that need to be saved. And I'm willing to correct the areas of my life that need correction. Help me to be a godly man that will honor you. And ladies, will you pray this? Lord, I humble myself in your presence. Help me to walk humbly with God and to seek him first above everything else. I give myself anew to you today. Children, you can enter into that same prayer, praying this, Lord, I humble myself in your presence. Help me to walk humbly before mother and daddy, to be obedient, because they are to me a symbol of the Heavenly Father. Now while our hearts are humbled, if there's one person here today who is not saved, would you just reach out and say, Lord, save me?
Come into my heart and cleanse me from sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art crying, calling, do not pass me by. What page is that, Brother Bob? Page 361. Would you turn there? 361. And this is God's invitation this morning. It isn't my invitation. It's, it's the invitation of the Lord. 361. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While others thou art calling, do not pass me by. And friend, if you're not saved today, come to Christ just like you are. Maybe there's someone here who needs to come be part of this fellowship. You come. We're not going to sing a long time. This is God's invitation. Will you step out for Him? There's some here today who need to publicly rededicate your life to Jesus. Just because God's Spirit told you to inside your heart. You do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. While we sing, will you come?